2: Some way out of this mess, we must take America back.
1: Well,
4: welcome
1: everyone to the Rebel and the Renegade Roundtable. And boy, do we have a roundtable tonight. But before we jump into that and jump into a very dear subject for all of us, uh, one of the things I would like to remind everyone is that to support RBN rbn is a bastion of free speech in a sea of lies so we need to do whatever we can to support rbn so if you go to rbn go to republicbroadcasting.org hit that donate button whatever you can afford will be appreciated and i promise you that well folks here we are uh in the uh let's see the 25th day of february in the year of 2024 and we have a wonderful panel tonight and folks i just want to let you know that recently we lost a real warrior in the battle for truth in this country and that is none other than john kaminsky now John and I had our differences. We're human beings and like everything else. But the one thing that we cannot allow to happen, folks, is for that thing that came from, what was it, Julius Caesar, the Julius Caesar play when it said that the good is often interred with their bones. We can't allow that to happen with John. We just absolutely cannot do it. And so, folks, I have assembled a panel here and we're going to go into a lot of discussions about this man And what he meant to our movement And so uh, But first of all let's introduce the lady In the group and that would be none other Than Murr Bailey How are you tonight young lady
4: Oh I'm good thank you Mike For inviting me
1: Oh it's always great to have you And then we have from out there In California None other than the scorpion Himself Scorp how are you buddy Dave
0: I'm doing good, Mike. Good to be on here with everybody. I, I love that we have a full table tonight, so I'm looking forward to it.
1: Hey, thanks, buddy. And then, of course, here's my regular standby over here, and that would be none other than Stephen Douglas Whitener. Also, as is Murr, and as is Scorpion, Scorpio, and as is Blackbird9. Stephen Douglas Whitener. So, Stephen, what you got to tell us, buddy?
5: Howdy, y'all. I commit, I I thank every one of you joining me tonight to commit more thought crimes. We commit thought crimes every morning, Saturday from 9 to 11 a.m., 8 to 10 Eastern time. And, you know, you're a thought criminal just by listening. You're a thought criminal by just thinking for yourself, you're a thought criminal if you don't vote. And I've been thinking of trying to write a freaking book of you might be a thought criminal if along (laughs) the lines of old Foxworthy did about you might be a redneck if. And I've been working on that for a while, filling up composition book, and I really appreciate you letting me join you for this. Mr. Kaminsky, I think I might have spoken to him once or twice. I'm not 100%, but I know I listened to you on the KGB. uh, Kaminsky-Gaddy Brain Trust, I think is what it was called at the time. Yes, sir. A few times before uh, you left a certain uh, other uh, <clears throat> Before I met you, sir, at a, <laughs> at a at a wonderful event in Travelers Rest, South Carolina, called Dixie Fest, at the Dixie Republic in Travelers Rest, South Carolina, and we discussed a uh, a lot of different things and, and and formed a fast friendship and an enduring one, and I'm glad to be on Republic Broadcasting. Uh, network with you now. I also wanted to say that I hope Paul and uh, Lynn are doing okay. My hearts and prayers go out to them because of uh, the death they had in their family, uh, and they are some dear people. Uh, I'm proud to be associated with them, too, and we are hoping and praying that we'll have another event uh, 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 in April, and that you and I, uh, uh, our goal and your plan and my goal was for, for both of us to attend the uh, reunion uh, ceremony on uh, – I think it's the 8th, but near the anniversary of the attack on the USS Liberty in Arlington National Cemetery, which seems to be the battleground ha- that has shifted from Charlottesville here. I, yes, I sir. don't know. I just uh, – Yes, sir, I didn't mean to go well, off on at all of a sudden because but because we want to talk about Mr. Kaminsky, who some of these people who tried to thwart the story of that, uh, badmouthed, vehemently, unjustifiably, and maliciously, in my opinion. And I, with that, sir, I, before I uh, let, as my father told me, <clears throat> my uh, crocodile mouth overload my uh, hummingbird ass, I will turn it back over to you
1: well thank you buddy and now folks we are privileged to have the snowman from black jack mountain frederick how are you my friend
2: greetings all happy sunday from snow covered black jack mountain north kakalaki it was t-shirt weather three days ago but you know there's snow on the ground tonight but anyway i appreciate you having me and uh yeah, John Kaminsky uh, was a force of nature in the truth movement. And, uh, you know, it's just, a hate that he is gone. And I was just pa- uh, posting in the uh, chat room for the uh, Skype the uh, show page that Golden Pie Prince did for when John Kaminsky came on the Breakfast Club show for the first time. And that was back on April 13th, 2017. And it's uh, just so fitting for this show because uh, the image that uh, Golden Pie Prince chose was this huge bonfire, like a funeral pyre on a beach. And so it's just kind of fitting that, you know, this is a tribute show. So like a Viking warrior tribute out there. Right. So we're having a bonfire for John Kaminsky tonight. So back to you.
1: Oh, big time, buddy. And also we have as a special guest. And I'm not going to attempt to pronounce his last name, but I know I'm going to try his first name. Loki, uh, would you pronounce your last name for me, sir?
3: Hoolgaard. It's a Danish name.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, even a redneck hillbilly might be able to pronounce that. But, uh, Loki, you are doing something that I think that is just fantastic. And I want you to tell the listeners about this, about you putting – all of John's essays into books. Would you tell the folks about doing that and how they could access those books, please?
3: Is uh, my volume good now, or is that too no, you're low good. or too high? Okay. You're uh, good, Yeah, buddy. I'm trying to do that, but I've had a lot of, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, cyber attacks and people trying to take down different websites that I'm affiliated with uh, in a recent last week. So I'm trying to transfer it over to another site, Uh, So it's not currently up at the present time, but I'll be sure to send the link around to the proper people so that they can get uh, what I've been able to colligate from Mr. Kaminsky's work on the Internet. Uh, I basically just gathered it together, not really with adequate time investment. So it's not really properly edited, but it is still something that will be made available in physical form. Uh, in three volumes. So probably within the next two weeks or so, I can see that uh, coming back online and I'll have that available for people through the appropriate contacts once that's set up. Well,
1: that will be great, Loki. And uh, make sure you get that information to me and I'll spread it far and near, uh, you know, on Facebook and other places because John's work needs to be available. Uh, His... His message needs to stay with us, and it needs to stay in, as we move forward. And uh, just one of the things, you know, that I remember about John is our, you know, many of our uh, telephone conversations. We even had some after we had a falling out of sorts. And, uh, you know, we were on good terms. And that's one of the things that I felt really good about was that John and I were on good terms when he passed. Uh, fast friends? No. Good terms, yes, but uh, that, uh, I I think, is very important, and I know that, uh, you know, John and I got into a lot of trouble, you know, over the USS Liberty uh, program that we did on the KGB, and uh, we made ourselves some enemies, and eventually that enemy has struck out at many of us here, and we're well aware of who that is, and his name is not worth a mention in my world, so I won't. But uh, anyway, I would like to hear some good stories, uh, you know, and uh, let's go back to Murr. Murr, what is your fondest memory of John Kaminsky?
4: Oh, I don't know. There's uh, been quite a few. Uh, He and and Dennis Fetcho really kind of hit it off. I think Fetcho kind of copied after him, fearlessly speaking out against the Jew, you know. And this one article I had shown you earlier, he uh, uh. you know, saying how uh, in context and everything. If if a broadcaster doesn't bring that up at the top, well then they're complicit because that's who the enemy is, and a lot of people don't want to grasp that. Even now, even now that they're doing the butchering they're doing, you know. And uh, but he also on uh, he did a lot of interviews with uh, Brian Rue too, and on one of them recently that I was looking at, he stated how that um uh because someone had before you know said oh he uh they made the mistake of uh, sending him christmas greetings you know and he was so against christians but he had so opened up to that and uh said in this one interview with brian real or at least one of them that uh he was going after the wrong ones he realized you know that there were christian principles that were good and that they weren't the enemy You know, they aren't the enemy.
3: I don't think that's really true, but whatever. That's an opinion. Well, the Christian Zionist
1: was uh, who uh, I think uh, that he was greatly opposed to. And I recently had a conversation with a gentleman in Iowa. We call him the Iowa terrorist farmer. And I recently had a conversation with him, and he was uh, telling me about his last conversation with John. And uh, I was very, uh, very, very proud to hear about that conversation it meant a lot and uh, so uh now uh let's uh, jump to uh Scorpio Scorpio your fondest memory of uh John Kaminsky please
0: well sure uh of course I did not know John uh or I, I never spoke with him but um you know he was one of the earliest voices uh really naming the organized enemy that we face, uh, and at least in in our era. Of course, people have done it in the past. But uh, and then he was a, an incredible writer. I think his, his skills as a wordsmith, uh, beyond just the message he gave, but his ability to write is worth noting. Uh, his writing was very exceptional. And, of course, the content was important. And lastly, I would say that uh, he's a man that, Lived up till his very last day in the fight. He d- he never gave up, and that's uh, a good a good place to go, a good way to go.
1: Absolutely, Dave and uh, Blackbird, your fondest memories of Mister Kaminsky, as you have uh, known him longer, I believe. if uh, we could call it professionally, you have known him longer than any of us. So, uh, fill us in with your memories,
2: please. Well, you know. <clears throat> One of the things about my tale of woe is I was backstage on 9-11, right? So it was like, you know, wag the dog backstage. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, who are you going to believe? You know, Mockingbird Media or your own lying eyes, right? Yes. And, you know, so you're out there looking for some feedback to say, you know, other people saw what you saw. And John Kaminsky, I found him real early on and started following his writing. And it's like, yes, someone else sees this. Someone else is looking at this. And then, you know, when I got uh, my show, um, you know, he was one of the first people we had on for the the Pathfinder. Yes, he was a Breakfast Club Pathfinder where he would face, you know, our nine wolves named Pathfinder, which is basically nine open-ended questions. And, you know, it's just they could take it any direction they wanted. This was a way for the audience to get to know people that I had met professionally in the truth movement that i thought they were worth listening to to try to give some credit to my work that nobody was familiar with i was the new kid on the block right and then you know that was in 2017 and you know we really hit it off after that and we do a lot of shows together a lot of round tables. it seems like we we're always on the same tables, uh especially the holiday roundtables but uh, Miss Patricia Aiken, who also goes way, way, way back with Mister John Kaminsky, I wish she was here tonight. She could tell you some tales. Uh, oh, I'm sure she reminded me of the time that John Kaminsky and I kind of got in trouble <clears throat> at a, another network. And basically, I used to do a lot of guest hosting on a other another network. Uh, whenever somebody couldn't make the show, I would fill in, and I just happened to be doing a long show like a three-hour you know guest host. I, I said well i'll see if john kaminsky wants to come on and john was in a particularly good mood that way and i was in a particularly good mood and we just started and this was you know early on you know before people were very accepting of 9-11 truth and things like that and we sort of started doing this game of chicken of you know okay well how far are you ready to go to name the jq and you know it became suddenly the show was going viral of all these people, it's like oh my god did you hear what they said oh my god did you hear what he said you can't say that <laughs> yet you know and uh, uh we uh i didn't get invited back to host after that very often and uh that was the other thing was that that show magically didn't get archived that day so i would I'll love to have that. had a copy of that show with john kaminsky and i playing chicken on how far are you willing to go back in the day and uh, melting down the overton window all together you know uh so we kind of got in trouble that day but it was worth it oh it always is
1: and uh,
3: loki <laughs> loki your thoughts please sir for in terms of memories. Um, yes, please. I was acquainted with him probably for the last three years, I would say, something along those lines. I was put into touch with him by a targeted individual that I have been uh, uh, conversing with for several years, Renata Dettels, whose husband was Werner Bach, who was assassinated by the cabal on his land in New Brunswick with microwave weapons. Uh, and... Uh, my correspondence with Mr. Kaminsky initially was based upon uh, our mutual liking for the esotericist Miguel Serrano and his works. And I was uh, giving him a lot of very uh, esoteric information on the occult and things of that sort that I had been researching and gleaning throughout the years. Uh, trying to refine his understanding to the extent that I was able to do so about the uh, the more subterranean depths of this evil cabal and what their specific modus operandi are what they do how they do it who they are what their origins are and so from there it led to my going on a show and then you know we had a bunch of shows there and then unfortunately the show got taken down just when i was really starting to build up to some really uh, insightful commentary beyond you know pure the purely material uh, political angle like it was going more into a direction of ultimate causes so that's basically where we left off like the show canceled and then I was in correspondence with him for uh, up until the time of his death he was following my uh, uh, various articles and things that I had been releasing uh, periodically commenting on it and so on so that's about all that I've had in terms of acquaintance with him a few conversations on the phone and Consistent emails it's basically it, but he was definitely not a fan of Abrahamic religion of any kind so far as I have been able to see, and he was stating that that was basically one of the major problems uh, in terms of our current predicament was the that influence of the, the bigotry of people of that kind, that they just have no tolerance for anybody else but themselves you know, they pretend they're the victim, but here they are with all the money and the power and, you know, there are churches in every town on earth. So I don't see how they can be considered a victim, really. Well,
1: understood. And, uh, and that, uh, you know, is the thing I think that is so great as we keep this and, uh, you know, about John, uh, and his work. And I think that is critical. And, uh, so, uh, Stephen, your fond thoughts, uh, what, uh, if you had to list your fondest thoughts of uh, John Kaminsky, what would they be? Well,
5: I only spoke with him once, I think, but I listened to uh, the KGB show that you guys had the what was that was the Kominski Goes ballistic was one of them. but then before that it was you and him and it was the uh, Kaminsky uh, Gaddy Brain Trust. It just seems like it was out of order to me, but no, no, no. I guess that makes sense. And I listened to that a few times, and that was the first time, first time that I had remembered hearing your views and. Actual documents that you'd studied from both the revolution and from uh, the quote unquote Civil War period. And I did not know at the time until after you and I had met at the Dixie Republic that uh, you were also someone who I had uh, seen in a documentary and I had been looking for it ever since. Listeners, if any of you guys know what this documentary was, it was probably PBS or some, you know or as funded propaganda, but it could have been religious. too. it could have been something along the lines of the things that were being produced at that time. I believe one of them was an Alex Jones and a uh, Chuck Norris-descendant uh, producer-movie maker, independent movie maker, thinking about making a movie, thinking about a uh, grid-down scenario – uh, at the same time, this was going on. If I, if my, if memory serves, which it usually doesn't very well, and Mister Gaddy was in that particular film as well. That was the first time I had become aware of you, and I had heard Mister Kaminsky, and then uh, you left the the uh, other platform uh, before we met at Dixie Republic, and he continued on for some time with the. Kaminsky uh, no not the Kaminsky, but, uh, Kaminsky yes sir and often he did and he had some strong points of view And the times that I did catch him I was not a regular listener as I said after you had departed but I did tune in occasionally I often would listen to Sherlock Holmes over there and then I remember on a show we did about the USS Liberty on June the 8th uh, a year later uh, we did I thought Oh, Mr. Gaddy, I am always proud to be associated with any show that you do. As I said, the day I met you at the Dixie Republic, you've forgotten more history than I would ever hope to know. And uh, John Cominsky called into that show, and that was a very, very touching moment to me to be part of that, too. And, and I was proud to have spoken to him in that regard, and I have learned since then— a great deal from reading uh, his previous work. And, and I appreciate you uh, uh, giving him a salute, sir, because there are so many wannabes and LARPers and just blathering ladmouths out here who are in it for a buck or who are in it for their ego, and, and very few of us. And And I'm sorry, I have to include myself in that regard because doing this kind of thing has cost me it cost me almost my life and my health. It cost a lot of people their lives to stand for the truth. And I want to salute John Kaminsky for being part of the same tribe as us. And and thank you very much again for um, uh, repeating some of his words. I hope that they will live on long past him. The truth, as Rudy Dent, an old friend of mine, used to say, who I never got the pleasure, just as I never got the pleasure of meeting John Kaminsky in person. He said, the truth is a warrior. All you have to do is let's set it free.
1: Well, and that is so true. And a nice, uh, nice remembrance there, uh, Stephen. And I remember a telephone conversation that uh, John and I had a few months back. And and during that conversation, we figured out that the person at our old venue where we had the KGB, we figured out comparing notes who was actually behind our split, who was telling him things that I was saying, which I wasn't saying. And then he was reacting to what he was being told, thinking it was the truth. And so He puts it out in a couple of emails to his followers, you know, that I was trying to undermine him and this, that, and the other. But what he was doing was repeating what he had been told by that instigator that uh, we're all aware of, who doesn't deserve a mention. And uh, so... uh,
4: You mean that seven-year-old?
1: Yeah, the seven-year-old guy, yes. That one that knew all about the USS Liberty when he was seven years old. Yes, I remember him. And... uh, (laughs) Blackbird uh you were uh w- on some programs after John and I quit doing our program you were on some programs with him and uh, he he still continued he still did a great job but uh, are there anything that anything that you especially remember because this person we're talking about who was so kind and split us all up uh, didn't do you any favors either did he
2: Oh, uh, what a twisted tale. Yeah, that was, hey, you know, I'm a child of the 60s and 70s, right? And I remember all those super bands of the early 70s where they took the best guitar player from this band and the best bass player from that band and the best drummer from that band. And they would put out that one album that was just perfect. But every song was great. The production was great. And then they just... You know, turn on each other and just never worked again, right? You know, they'll never work together again. It's a great, I just saw you and uh, uh, by, uh, and John Kaminsky, you know, doing this incredible body of work. But then to you know, from where I was standing, it looked like it was this synthetic agitation that you know, okay, I'm going to i'm your pal and this is that you know cartman drama triangle we talk about in you know in the breakfast club and the snack shack so often that yeah you know, this is how they work they go into a perfectly great situation and they create a problem by confiding in somebody i i'm your rescuer and you know you're being oppressed and over there's your enemy and they do this and that's why i was talking about the let's you and them fight yeah they love to get in and just start messing with a good thing. And, you know, that was just a textbook study of that tactic. And you're you're caught up in it. You're like, uh, suddenly you're in a game of werewolf. And if anybody, you know, following my work right now, you know that I'm big into game theory and I'm totally obsessed with the werewolf mafia game right now because it really shows what we're up against with all these bad actors, you know, being, you know, something they're not yeah you know, they're pretending to be something they're not and they're you know they don't have our best interests at heart so it's like okay who is your friend who is your ally and who is your enemy because you're getting conflicting information from these two camps right and so it's you know, just fascinating when you start gaming it out of Okay, uh, who's telling the truth? And you just keep telling the truth, and those people will continue going together. And then you'll f- suddenly find yourself ostracized by the people who don't want to tell the truth that are trying to hide truths uh, or have you know taboo truths those hate facts. And you know, time was the thing. You know, time will tell, and it'll all come out in the wash. right? So that was you know, I hate you had to go through that, but that, like I said, if you haven't seen listened to those shows do yourself a favor those definitely aged well so yeah those need to be archived somewhere
1: oh yes and uh we are uh, coming up on a break and uh, loki will get to you on the flip side of the break buddy hang on
7: are free and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects.
1: Email tom at republicbroadcasting.org T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org Health
6: Simple with Colorado Shilaji. Fact bit number two In Ayurvedic pharmacology Shilaji's is the king Raza Yoga Vahayana Raza Yana is one of the comprehensive disciplines of Ayurveda It comprises of specialized uses of herbal minerals to achieve the optimum state of health Raza Yana is a path to achieve homeostasis and thus retarding the process of aging and the prevention of diseases. Shilaji stands alone as the king herbal mineral over all other earth made substances. Within Razayana, Shilaji is the ultimate substance that improves quality of plasma and blood. Thus, it strengthens and promotes health to all tissues of the body. Legit Shilaji, like Colorado Shilaji, is as the literal Sanskrit translation implies Shilaji is the conqueror
2: of mountains and the destroyer of weakness. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N.
1: Hi, Tom Bolton for Ease Off. I know so many of you are finding our EZ-4 Carcass Drop and Lift an essential tool for your meat processing operation, but today I want to spotlight four of our new products. First, are right height hog cradles with steel or aluminum frames. Our customers love this back-saving innovation that enhances sanitation and speeds production. Next, our beef cradles with stainless steel or aluminum frames eliminate rust and corrosion. We hope you'll compare our quality and prices for this
6: essential part of your processing line. Our cradles are especially effective when used with our Power Skinner. And finally, our hook tumbler will keep your hooks clean and polished. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows,
1: too. EaseOff,
4: LLC. 417
2: From dance service.
5: King. Others couldn't stand for that.
2: The cross was a solution, but it rose again. Wise men follow him,
3: but he rose again. Wise men follow him. Thank God for the renegades.
1: Yes, folks, thank God for the renegades, because without them, You will be slave forever, and you work really hard to maintain your slavocracy. And uh, so uh, welcome back, as I said, to the uh, Rebel and the Renegade Roundtable. And uh, Loki, you had your hand up. Uh, Go ahead.
3: Yeah, thanks for letting me interject. I just wanted to elaborate on what you were previously discussing with the USS Liberty guy. I won't name his name, but he promised uh, over the course of about three or more years that he would publish – Uh, about three books that I had written with his book publishing companies. And he would always just give me the runaround and never at any point did he ever actually act upon that. Uh, And then additionally, I found out that he was like an Iranian Jew, that he's not actually uh, a white person at all. He's just a disinformation agent, if I think I know who you're talking about. You got it. And what (laughs) his
5: his name might be, I wonder,
3: yeah, I think it might
5: know. You, Judas, maybe, was that his name? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah,
5: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. He, hung, he hung from a money tree, I believe.
1: I've, I've heard I that. Remember. Yeah, Yes, I have. And yeah. uh, he he's all of that. And uh, it just, John and I, I was really glad that John and I got to actually talk to each other and actually analyze what had happened and to know who was the instigator of that whole thing and then we both uh got to the point to where we believed that it was brought about when we had this uh, traitor on uh, a program to talk about the USS Liberty and and the USS Pueblo and John and I were just aghast at what he said and you know and then after that the uh <laughs> Effort to split us became quite obvious, although we didn't see it in time. And we both wish we would have seen it in time, but we didn't see it. And we understand now why it was done. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, and one of the things I will always remember is my good buddy here, Scorpio, who is sat at the very table where I'm sitting now. And uh, one day he and uh, our good friend DW and I, we actually did a program sitting at this table always one of my fond memories. Uh, so, uh, Scorpio, you remember that, uh, time frame and that, uh, what was going on during that time. And so without, uh, actually mentioning any names, uh, what are your thoughts?
0: Well, yeah, I remember doing that show with you and Daryl, uh, right there in your, uh, kitchen table there. And, uh, well, uh, I suffered, uh, you know, a similar fate in all this with uh, the same individual. And uh, I won't go into details, but um, uh, let's just say there's a pattern here, guys. Uh, Blackbird 9 likes to see patterns. I see a pattern here. Let's say that.
1: <laughs> oh, you mean that day that uh, he and his uh, uh, a colleague trashed us for three hours? You remember that?
0: I vaguely remember something like that, yes. Yes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, me too. And that—if uh, that didn't reveal the character of those two Mossad operatives, I've never seen one. And uh, so, anyway, uh, let's uh, let's get back to uh, the pleasant thoughts of Mr. John Kaminsky. And I know of no one who could do that better than the lady with the melodious, pulchritudious tones in her voice. Go ahead, Mer.
4: Oh, what was I supposed to do? I was in the middle of. Uh researching some email that i brought up here i'm sorry what did you <laughs> well <laughs> did
1: you i i said we we need someone you know it's uh, let's not get off the point here you know we're talking about the bad guy in the woodpile. Uh, yeah. but uh, i want to concentrate yeah. give him too much time i want to concentrate on john and yeah,
4: uh, his, his articles were amazing and he did say when he left over there it was of his own volition that he was, he was a writer. He wasn't a radio guy and talked about how, I guess it was an email he sent that, um, you know, it just took too much research time for guests and everything and to get into what they were into and then to host them. And, and it took away from his writing time. So it's just as well, he left the spot, I guess, but, uh, that's kind of how he worded it. But I had brought up an article today. Um, and his site is, uh, it says it's uh, down for maintenance, but you can find it in the archives. And, and I wanted to say on the air too, I have a uh, rebel in the renegades.chatango.com or chat and go chat room if anyone listening wants to go in there and join a party. And, uh, you know, we can, you can put questions in there and we can read them. And if uh, something that we need to share, and, and I'm putting links in there. And I have a link in there for this article, Truth Control, The Battle for Context. And this is from the eighth of August twenty twenty two. How the man behind the curtain manages to remain invisible. Beautiful. Yeah, and this was from his uh uh Kaminsky Goes Ballistic. And um I don't I don't know if you want me to read too much of this, it's a little bit long, but uh that's hey, kind knock, of you, a-
1: knock yourself sh- out, it's John. Go for it.
4: I wish I had could do it in John's voice. That was a trouble. On my show, I played uh, his uh, the Hitler test, which is so great. But it was, uh, you know, a mechanical voice on Goyam TV. But it was still good. It got the point across. And, you know, it was good and clear. So here goes. The word context denotes the setting of a word or description. Uh, can you post the chat room link, please? Oh, yeah. And let me do that first. Uh, BB, you want that in the in the uh, Skype chat?
5: But my phone is about to Yeah.
4: Ah, okay, here it. you go, BB.
5: First talk right now. We got a huge panel for John Kaminsky.
4: There you go. All righty. So I'll dive into this. Um, yeah, the rebel and of and and uh, I posted it there in Skype chat too. The word context denotes the setting of a word or description that can throw light on its meaning. Due to the worldwide control of media by one particular gang of hostile misanthropes, all reports of any type are published out of context by this one group's attempts to conceal its identity. This is how the battle for 9-11 truth was lost. As the one group behind its planning, execution, and cover-up, also commanded its explanations, investigations, and determinations. So this is how we got Arab hijackers flying passenger jets into skyscrapers because they hated our freedoms, quote-unquote, today being taught to impressionable children in schools around the world. And because that battle for public opinion was lost to the clever spin of cynical publicists, this is how the world was inveigled, I like that word, you don't hear that much, into taking an inoculation which at worst would kill them and at best prevent them from staying healthy and living happy lives. As 9-11-2001 was about creating a fabricated threat that would enable the war machine to start shooting at shadows of its own making and murdering millions of innocent people in in the process, the great COVID scam of 2020 was about scaring people into killing themselves by making them believe they were keeping themselves healthy. These flamboyant deceptions are basically how the world has always worked, in which those with the power to influence others convince them to do things not in their best interests for the purpose of robbing them of their valuables. This is called the business world. It is also the first principle of international politics in which any excuse, no matter how preposterous, can be used to generate profits. In these exchanges, morality never plays a part, while deception always does. In these two instances, a dangerous threat was generated by an all-powerful media apparatus compelling large groups of duped listeners to kill each other for reasons that seemed compelling, but which the process of time and contemplation reveal that the original reasons made no sense. The sole reason for these grand dramas was to profit from the sale of products. In this case, weapons of war, either explosive or toxic, that were absolutely not needed. This was the process responsible for the World Wars, 9-11, and the COVID epidemic, and various other colossal snow jobs. Okay, let me scroll down here. Do you want to hear any more?
1: <laughs> yes. Go. Go.
4: Okay. Those are the
1: words of Kaminsky. We need to hear them.
4: <laughs> yeah. First, let me, t- let me see. Is that where I stopped? Snow jobs. Okay. I was reminded of this folly the other day listening to the first appearance of The Fetch on SpeakFreeRadio.com. First. Let me tell you something about my own radio listening habits. After 20 years, I've not seen a lot of scams. 99% of the news. I've not only seen a lot of scams, 99% of the news, but I've observed the manifold way to concealing the identity of the villains who have been, wouldn't you know, always the same group. It's a very small segment of the population that realizes communism was created by the international bankers, Originally ensconced at Yale University and among those same fetid fraternities that have more recently produced both George Bush's and now Ron DeSantis. Graduates of these tyrant manufacturing organizations install the same communist death machines into both Russia and China and now are not so cleverly inflicting it on the United States by this endless succession of contrived manufacture crises. The border invasion, the food shortage, the false flag terror incidents, and environmental crises. <clears throat> the, cra- <coughs> Excuse me. the crashing of the currency, you know the rest. And if you don't know by now, the international bankers is the synonym for Jew billionaires who control all the other non-Jew billionaires, then you're really not worth talking to as sensible, insane adult humans. Anyway, back to the Fetch. When I listen to radio shows on the internet, which is not that often because of all my experiences, I carefully wait for that one certain signal of how candid they are going to be. I am inevitably disappointed by their failure to use the magic word that gets so many people banned from platforms and castigated as soulless anti-Semites. But with Fetch, of course, a long-time broadcaster known for his candor and wit, there is no waiting. The taboo against Mentioning Jews on air has long since been overthrown, thanks to the tireless efforts of Fetch and people like him, a fraternity of which I can claim to be a charter member, though certainly not the originator of a tradition of truth-first championed by people like Henry Ford, Charles Lindbergh, Father Coughlin, Elizabeth Dilling, Revelle, Oliver, and many other valiant warriors, for truth whose memory Jews have done their best to stamp out of the public mind with their Hollow bleedings about anti-Semitism. Okay, I'm scrolling down. Hang on. If antisemitism was such a perverse, pervasive curse, why is it the Jews are the only ones ever talking about it? Not to mention committing acts of anti-Semitic vandalism to make the public think it is a real problem. No, all the Holocaust hoopla is perpetrated perpetuated to make the public forget that Hitler's germany proved countries could thrive without a Jew central bank, a truism fully obvious today as Jew moneylenders tank the U.S. currency while Jew vaccine makers poison the population to the approval of Jew lawmakers who pass laws making criticism of Israel illegal to the applause of Jew broadcasters who praise such measures as really good ideas. Then you have Jew homosexual teachers invading elementary schools with drag queen story hours and Jew admirals in dresses, urging children to get sex change operations without telling their parents, while Jew bankers recommend giving up our cash without mentioning that to do so would mean giving up our individual freedom in the process, which they highly recommend. Trust the plan, man. Fellows, our senile president, while his hooker vice president, laughs hysterically and their drunken speaker, the house continues to accumulate billions of dollars with her insider trading maneuvers all the while pouring money overseas most of which comes back in kickbacks to jew controlled american politicians like mitt romney and lindsey graham as american people sink further into poverty losing their homes and committing suicide just like they do in china this is the portrait of america our lovely jew broadcasters airbrush out of their broadcast by continuing their manic mantras of white supremacy being the greatest threat to American freedom when what they really mean is that white integrity is the greatest threat to Jew totalitarianism preventing the imposition of white enslavement over the entire world. So as the first thing I always listen for when tuning into any radio program or for that matter reading any story on the web is how long will it be before the writer or broadcaster turns his or her attention to what Henry Ford forever called the world's foremost problem, or what I call the Jew penetration of reality, the cause of death of freedom in the world. Most broadcasters and writers never even bring it up, and the few who do couch it in smarmy syn- synonyms such as Kazarian, and it's going to say mafia, to scroll down, man. we're about to the end here, mafia or globalist, which is about the surest way you can tell a slimy shill from a forthright reporter telling the truth. In the context of what is the truth and what is a lie, not mentioning Jews right off the bat is a sure sign you're participating, whether you realize it or not, in the sneaky but obvious plan of the Jews to eliminate individual freedom throughout the world. Don Kaminsky is a writer who lives on the Gulf Coast of Florida, constantly trying to figure out why we are destroying ourselves and pinpointing a corrupt belief system as the engine of our demise, solely dependent on... Okay, that's, never mind. We don't need the rest of that. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: thank you, Mar That was just absolutely beautiful. And uh, Loki, your comments? Uh, what are your thoughts to this point, please, sir?
3: Um. Yeah, I appreciate his his rhetoric. It definitely is very eloquent and succinct, and it enables people to have a comprehensive grasp of the problems. I think, though, he was basically – Right around the time of the Christmas, of this past Christmas, he was writing a couple a couple articles on the demiurge dialectic, I think, where he came to realize more so, just as I have too in the recent years, that the whole Abrahamic religious cabal is basically working together. They're not really separate. It's just creating the chaos with one of them as a sort of karmic dump goat, and then they blame the scapegoat. But they're all still splitting up the proceeds afterwards. Like you know, they'll they'll create war in the Middle East and mass murder the people who live there. But then paradoxically and schizophrenically, they'll still work together, as you can easily see, uh, throughout the whole of the uh, Europe, Europe and uh, North America. There, the Muslims work with the Jews and the Christians too, even though they kill each other, and then they blame it schizophrenically on innocent third parties who aren't. Abrahamic. So I, I find that to be the greatest threat, and I think he was coming around to that to a greater extent than he was in pre, in earlier writings, just as he had initially only thought it was the Zionists and, and so forth in his early phases of writing. Then he came to realize that it was more uh, Jews per se.
1: Oh, big time, and uh, I, you know, we had similar conversations And I have to admit, I think the first essay I ever got from uh, John Kaminsky was forwarded to me by an old friend in Utah. And I had been on his radio program on multiple occasions called, uh, you know, that was the uh, K-Talk Radio in in, uh, Salt Lake City. And uh, he was sending me a lot of uh, John's essays and i was just intrigued number one i was impressed with his the way he wrote i mean as uh, scorpio mentioned earlier i think he got knocked off but as scorpio mentioned earlier it was absolutely just wonderful writing the man was the consummate professional when it came to putting words on paper i i was very envious of that with him but uh you know, we look at this and we think about, I was just thinking, I, uh, just a few minutes ago, and I was thinking about the last program he and I did together. Hey, uh, Blackbird up there, uh, if you haven't frozen to the ground yet, could you uh, kind of remember the last time you and John did a program
2: together? I th- think it was back in the fall we did a show, back, I think it was October, and, uh, you know, he was uh, really you know, glad that he wasn't doing radio. And we talked about that because one of the things about my new show, The Stag Shack, is it is maddening lining up interesting guests every week. You know, it's amazing how much time you spend, you know, trying to get somebody just to come on your show for an hour. And right. uh, and you know, that really was something and he, was, he was really good at it. But you know, he just is like, this is just maddening, and you know, it's uh, uh, and also the pressure of you know, uh, one of the realities of truth radio is you're always one show away from getting canceled, right? Uh, Because you know, you never know if you're going to push the Everton window, and you know, boom, you know, you're you know, knocked down, and that's always been the nature of radio. You know, radio is a vicious industry. My uh, uncle, uh, my uh, my mother's side down in Louisiana, he was in the golden age of radio back in the you know, the thirties and forties and all of that. And then my brother was in the golden age of FM radio in the uh, uh, late, uh, you know, in the seventies when you know FM radio and the you know album-oriented rock and all of that. And you know that was one of the things I noticed hanging out at the radio stations was just you know, just how intense radio really is when you're out there trying to do editorial content and, you know, the public is going to push back. The advertisers are going to push back. The management's going to push back on you. And uh, that's one of the things I love about RBN is, you you do have that leeway of the freedom of speech. You know, you're not so terrified of getting canceled. But uh, I just think, you know, he... uh, Tried radio; he was really good at it, but he decided, "I'm just going to go back to writing." And his, uh, he was much happier with all this content he was creating uh, when he was on that show back in October. So, anyway, so I guess that's, you know, my fond memory there. Of, you know, at least got to do a uh, show with them back in the fall.
1: Well, fantastic! And uh, Loki, we are uh, the second hour. We're going to jump over into. Uh, another subject uh, you 're welcome to stay with us if you would like, uh, but uh, would you kind of close us out with uh, your best memories of john 's work please loki
3: well my my best memories of his work would be more or less his personal uh, assistance in my writings in my own writings and his compliments on them and his guidance and uh, sort of uh, back and forth that we had during the course of the time that I was acquainted with him Uh, it was very uh, good to have his uh, expertise influencing me and guiding me and I greatly appreciate having had that opportunity to be influenced by him
1: You couldn't have had a better mentor
3: No, he definitely was very uh, skilled and had a great wealth of experience in journalism and, and so on Oh, very much so.
1: And he had, uh, you know, been uh, involved with several actual newspapers over the years. But uh, as we all know, if you had John Kaminsky's viewpoint, or uh, should we just say, if you push the truth uh, in today's media, uh, you ain't going to have a job long. And, uh, you know, I stop and think about so many times about what William Casey said at the staff meeting in 1982. (laughs) That wonderful point, (laughs) that wonderful point. We will know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. And then you go back to 75 and William Colby, and when he said, before a Senate committee, the CIA owns everyone of any major importance in the media. I mean, folks, you, you have to ignore that. If you accept what you see on TV, I don't care who you watch. I don't care if it's Tucker Carlson or some weirdo that, uh, you know, uh, homosexual. I I don't care whether you watch them or not. If they're on national prominence, on national TV, they're there because the CIA allows them to be there. And, folks, you need to wake up because that is the truth. Stephen, help me out here before I fall down.
5: Uh Well, one of the things I remember, like you said, they did try and assassinate uh, Mr. Kaminsky's uh, character after he wrote a blog describing the financial difficulties he had after devoting so much time. And listen, it takes a lot of time, too, to do this, especially if you want to do it well. I mean, sometimes I will get caught when it's just me and I have to tap dance for two hours, two hours, but gratitude to RBN and all of my co-hosts and mentors who had taught me how to, to do that but you know, I remember Mr. Kaminsky saying that a lot of us were stand-up uh, uh, comedians, frustrated but listen, let me toss it over to a much better artist than me I'll come back the next time, this this song says it all for me right here and I'll, a lot of us as well let me hush it. let y'all hear it
1: all right, folks, we'll be back on the other side. Thank you for listening to RBN and our tribute to the wonderful John Kaminsky. Got for miners and not just miners on an island somewhere lord we got folks in the street ain't got nothing to heat and the whole beat-
6: That's 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org
1: today because you can handle the truth.